Okay, imagine this. You sit under camouflage netting in the middle of a Missouri forest. You're behind the wheel of your father's 1951 Hudson Hornet. He had blacked it out shortly after he got it and shortly before he died. Your uncle just slammed the trunk down. He had loaded your trunk with the latest batch of moonshine that you were to deliver. The way crimes go, this is a pretty small one. Not the ones you usually commit in your own fabulous Hudson Hornet. You fire the twin H straight six. Your uncle slaps the hood and says you're good to go. You check your Vaquero. It is loaded with 645 long cold. You never know when you might need it. You nod at your uncle and quietly ease away from the still. You don't want to attract any attention yet. In about 10 minutes, you reach the black towel. You take a cigarette out of its pack and pull out your lucky zippo. You light it and take a puff. You turn right and go another mile before you start to wind the car up. You know this road like the back of your hand, and you can probably drive it at any speed, blindfolded or backwards. You make two drops successfully when you pull back onto the blacktop and see the light bar on the sheriff's brand new Dodge Charger. You take off, and the sheriff is right behind you. You know he can't match you on dirt and gravel, so you take a hard right turn onto this farmer's access road. He made a path in the woods at the edge of his field that only you know about. You quickly get back up to speed, and the sheriff, surprisingly, falls back behind for a second, but he's right behind you. You take the next corner, and you can see the path, but the sheriff is still right behind you. You push that old Hudson harder, and you can hear the engine scream into the night. The sheriff starts to slow down, and you make a break for the path. You think that you made it, but then you see an old ash tree in the center and no room to go around it on either side. You hit the brakes just as you hit the tree. Somehow you're still conscious, but in tremendous pain. You reach your, for your gun and think that that's not how you thought you'd end up going. You think of your greatest heist and how you should have died there. It was just a few months prior. You had planned it for years and thought of every contingency and it almost went off without a hitch. You had robbed the Kansas City Federal Reserve Bank and made off with over $5 million from its brand new location and managed to escape the city in a bright blue Hudson Hornet. You escaped the cops by taking a completely random path to leave the city. You had left the county before they had a police chopper in the air. You were shot several times, including where your head should have been. You were digging through your glove box to look for your gun when they had shot at you. Because of that, you keep your gun in the seat ever since then. You used the money to repair your car, then you dealt it out under various aliases to charities in small amounts so they couldn't track you. You always thought you'd go in a firefight, not in a car wreck in the middle of the woods. In your father's car, you pick up your gun and fall out of the car. You prop yourself up against the wrecked car and try to cock the hammer. It takes a lot of energy, but you finally manage to cock it. You sit there for a minute to gather your strength. You look down at the gun and see the shiny silver surface of the gun and the stag antler handle is covered in blood. You see a car with flashing lights approach and two figures get out. It's the sheriff and your uncle, who is still sore about you not giving him a piece of that money. You raise the gun shakily and aim it at your uncle for setting you up. You use the last of your energy and pull the trigger. And as your uncle falls dead, so do you, and you slump over dead against the side of the car. The sheriff watched you fall over dead and read your dispatch asking for a coroner and to say he had just got the two biggest moonshine runners in the state. He puts on a pair of rubber gloves from his trunk and goes and removes your gun from your hand and sets it in the driver's seat of the ruined Hudson. He removes the gloves and radios for a rollback tow truck. He opens the truck of the wrecked car and all the remaining bottles of moonshine are broken, except for one. That's all the evidence he has from the moonshine. He goes to his charger and sets up the camera and starts taking pictures of the scene for the full investigation. He finished taking pictures just as the coroner arrives. The coroner places your uncle in the body bag. Then he places you in one. 
and he zips up the bag. Sorry for the shorter story this week, folks. Been a hard one trying to write this, and but I'm feeling better from last week, from last two weeks. So, I'd say this is a pretty good story. The last one was one of my favorites, but this one's pretty good as well. I think I'm going to start including these short little messages at the end, before the final conclusion to the episode. So, thanks for listening, everyone, and hope to see a lot of these other smaller podcasts and interact with them a lot more. So. Thank you for interacting with me the little bit you have already. The Imagine This Podcast is written, produced, edited, and narrated by Lawrence Link. Imagine This is a storytelling podcast from your point of view. New episodes come out usually every two weeks. You can find us online at Facebook at Imagine This Podcast, Instagram at Imagine This Pod, and Twitter at Imagine This Pod 1. That's the number one. Imagine This Podcast.wixsite.com forward slash Imagine This. Imagine this can be heard on YouTube, SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher. And thank you for imagining the story with me. Again, sorry for the shorter episode. I'll work on getting out a especially long one for the next two weeks. Thanks for imagining with me.